after these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages. This is the podcast where we talk about television commercials. We talk about the good ones, we talk about the bad ones, and we talk about the ones where people say weird shit like this. Sorry, they're nutty. Nutty? Nutty! My name is Andrew Walsh. Hey, I'm a little nutty. <laughs> I'm here with Genevieve Haz. We're your host today. Hey, Veeves. Hi, Andrew. I don't remember what this is from. Do you recognize this? Sorry. Yeah, it's from, it's from that King Henry, young King Henry for oh, cereal. right. Okay, I remember I pulled it a few weeks ago. That's right, we were working on our, um, what was it, the, sh- the show that... Focused on royalty. Yeah, with Taylor. Right. Oh, more on that in a little bit, actually. Because today we have a special show that is all ad council. Uh, we asked you guys to send in uh, if you were sitting on any jingles you wanted to sing to and us. Boy, people came through. We couldn't even get to all of the ones that we have. That's so thank great. you. We've banked. A, we've banked a few. Um, and uh, I went through the Facebook page this weekend. There were so many, um, so many good comments and conversations. Just a reminder: look for uh, after these messages show on Facebook and join our community there. It's really great. People posting all kinds of commercials new and old and debating them it's great um so yeah we're gonna go through all of that today i should mention we're recording a little bit earlier than usual i don't know if i needed to say that but i'm going to uh we're recording on set so if there's any huge commercial news that happens on sunday or monday or breaking commercial news that you know between sunday and monday can you think of so we've been doing this show for how many years? Two and a half now, a little bit more. Yeah, this is our episode. Basically, number. there'd have to be another like Pepsi debacle. That's exactly what I was going to say. This is episode number one thirty-seven for whatever that's worth. Um, the only things I can think of that if they were to happen and we weren't to have commented on them would have been the uh, Jenner. What's her name? Kendall uh, Jenner. Kendall Jenner Pepsi ad. And I guess Super Bowl. And the Super right? Bowl. Yeah. Was there any other Which, big breaking? Like I felt like there were some other. I mean, the most. We actually did man skip the, the Super Bowl one. Yeah, year. we did, but we had to, we had fill-ins. Um, but yeah, I guess if if we had just like done the show and not mentioned Kendall Jenner because yeah. we had recorded it a day early, that would have been noticeable. But I think that's the only. Yeah, it's know, like, not commercial. It's not like the most high-pressure news topic. Usually, no, I guess not. But anyway, we are recording on Saturday, and uh, and then I'm going to be heading out on a trip. So we asked you guys to send us a lot of emails, emails, sing some, uh, sing some jingles for us, and that you did. So how's about? Oh, we got a lot of jingles, right? Yeah, lots of them. Yeah, okay, good. Um, how's about I stop blabbing and we just get into this? Uh, what are we calling it? Let's call it everybody's talking. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying Only the echoes of my mind Okay, uh, Vives, you know, we didn't really discuss a um, kind of a strategy here. No. Um, but it looks like this first one you threw in the show sheet, this is from somebody named Micah. Yeah, this is from listener Micah, who um, just sent us an email about a commercial that he and his wife saw on a streaming pre-roll, uh, and they just loved it. And I have to agree. I This is absolutely delightful. This is for... I, I hesitate to even say who it's for, because it's kind of a fun reveal, so I'm going to not say who it's for. Okay, and what are we seeing? But what we're seeing are a bunch of selfies, like, you know... YouTube, Instagram, social media selfies of um, not necessarily like shots, but video and and stuff of guys, shirtless guys in various states of uh, fitness. 
Um, and you'll hear a voice. Are you saying some are hottie boom bodies with Most are bodies? actually pretty cut. Okay. Uh, but uh, it's a bunch of different guys taking selfies of them, you know, selfies with their shirts off. And you'll hear some sad, serious music and a voiceover talking about uh, the scourge. Every 7.3 seconds, a man posts a photo of himself without a shirt. A concern that last year alone exposed over 352 million people to a tragic problem. Shirts are falling apart before men can take a picture in them. How are these shirts getting so shredded? Ooh, that guy. Ripped. Cut up. We don't know, but we can make a difference. I want to say, I heard you playing this before, and I didn't know what was going on, so I was a little confused. So I'm a good proxy for the listener here. When she's saying ripped, cut up, and whatever the other adjective shredded, she, she, they're highlighting the hashtags. Right, of as course, in their these, bodies right, are hashtag shredded. Right. Um, so moving on. By identifying the men living without a quality T-shirt and commenting on shirtless selfies with hashtag put a shirt on, we can work through this epidemic together. With something as simple as wearing Fruit of the Looms Eversoft Tea with Dual Defense, men can defend against more than odor and moisture. They can defend against shirtlessness. With just one hashtag a day, you can make a difference. Putashirton.org. <laughs> they got a dot org. From Fruit of the Loom. Really does make me wonder, like, is anybody regulating who can be a dot org? And who, I, who, who even knows, man? I just love it. I think that it's, this, this is a great ad. It's it's absolutely calculated to go viral, and it totally takes a very a shot at, at something that is very uh, mockable, which is, you know, um, social media, just social justice warrioring. You know, like, it's the... Uh, I, I think it's a great joke, and I think uh, it's well produced, and I'm really glad I Micah shared it with us. Um, for the record, when you do go to put a shirt on dot org, which I just did, it just automatically directs to fruitoftheloom.com's website, which is fruit.com. And then I see they have a separate page set up for put a shirt on. Um, okay, that is hilarious. I love that. Um, oh, Veeves. I don't know. If this is going to get us off track too much, we are, as I said at the beginning of the show, a commercial podcast. We talk about commercials. This was submitted on the Facebook page by Paul. This is really not a commercial. This is like an, well, what it is is an anti-piracy ad. An okay. anti-software. Well, we talked about PSAs. Yeah. Um, but it, I don't think it's an ad. It's an anti-piracy video. It's like 10 minutes long. Mm-hmm. So it's probably shown. So strap in, in everybody. I'm going to say it was like shown in schools maybe. I don't uh, know what it is. But it takes place in the 1980s. Sure. Um, so I'm going to describe to you what you're going to hear in advance. There are two kids. Um, I'm going to say they're about 12, 13 years old, boy and a girl, and they are in a computer lab, probably at school or something, playing on a big old, you know, 1980s computer. They're playing some game. You don't see the game. You just see their reactions as they're competing. Um, And then uh, you'll hear a conversation they have about what what their plans are with this video game. And then suddenly somebody appears on the screen and starts singing to them. So that's that's everything because I, I don't want to keep interrupting this. I want to just kind of get into this a little bit. So that's what you're about to hear. You're out. Oh, oh. Gosh, I'm, I'm trying. No, I'm watching? trying. No, 
I'm going to beat you. I'm telling you. That You're not going to beat There's one behind you. Oh, man. Crash and burn. Too bad, Corey. Guess that makes me the winner. Again. Temporary winner. I've been holding back. I've been giving you a break just so you get the hang of it. But now it's time to teach you a little respect. Right. But it'll have to be next time. It's almost fourth period and I do not want to get caught in here. But Jenny, hold up. Look, I brought a disc and we could copy this, okay? And we can play it on my brother's computer. Okay, no problem. They're slipping the disc is... in. Whoa. Are you sure you know what you're doing? Did I hear you right? Did I hear you saying that you're gonna make a copy of a game without paying? Come on, guys! <laughs> I thought you knew better. Don't copy that floppy. Uh, well, I, I, I oh, wait a minute. Who the heck are you anyway? Yeah, and what are you doing on our computer? I'm your MC Double Death. DP, that's the disc protector for you and the posse. That's the artist. So this part is a little bit uh, uh, This part's a little bit boring The next verse is a little bit boring But then I think the third verse is my favorite So we'll get close to it uh, He is um, dressed Oh wait, here we go Because the posse who makes them They love them too But if you start stealing There's no more they can do But I just wanted to make one copy <laughs> You say, I'll just make a copy for me and a friend. Then he'll make one and she'll make one and where will it end? One leads to another, then ten, then more. And no one buys any discs from the store. So no one gets paid and they can't make more. The posse breaks up and that closes the stores. Don't copy. Wow. Don't copy that floppy. They really know how to speak to the youth. And by the way, this is a 10-minute video. It's 9 minutes and 40 seconds long. Uh, Paul says, uh, this uh, ad needs so much analysis. I can't believe they made it, made it nearly 10 minutes long. Well, I can because there is so much fat in this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, obviously, production quality is all mockable. The kid's acting is just, I mean, you can't even tell they're acting. They just the disappear in I the role. I think the girl is somebody. I think really? she went on to be somebody. She looks super familiar. So he and, and then um, and then this guy appears on their screen. He starts rapping. He's wearing um, I mean, it's just straight up 80s oh, like kind yeah. of vintage faux hip hop gear, right? Like bright yellow shirt, but then like black leather pants, black leather and yellow jacket over top and then a black like kind of is it a derby he's wearing a black leather it's sort of like a leather fedora yeah crossed with a leather top hat and i want to say he's dancing on their computer screen the way how can i describe this if if family guy were to make a parody of this yes. he's nailing it he's really nailing if it. a tim and eric were to make a pair it's a little bit tim and eric -y. yeah because the gra the graphics are so just completely crappy just very flat yeah yeah he's just dancing in front of like a staticky background um and then i just actually that's about as far as i got into it but i want to just point of order they weren't going to copy a floppy they were actually going to copy software onto a floppy that is a good point um, so now he keeps on rapping, he keeps on rapping, and I mean, it's just, like, there's a lot you could do to tighten this up. Um, ooh, I pulled down your mic. I'm sorry. I'm all over the place today. Uh, but then I think he's going to introduce some of the people behind the scenes. So we know that, you know, this is geared towards you and me, the 12-year-old kids. Sure. Uh, sitting in our classroom circa nineteen. With a teacher who's too hungover to teach that day. <laughs> yes. And got this from the RIA or whoever <laughs> distributed it. 
And now um, we need to see the real faces of the people we're hurting when we copy that floppy or copy that hard drive onto our floppy, as you would say. So I think he's going to introduce us to some of these people. And I would like to know if you think these people are relatable to the youth of the 1980s. So let me break this down for you. No common San Diego, no more Oregon Trail. Not because we want it, but because you're just taking it. Disrespecting all the folks who are making it. Oh my god, he's now he's seeing the Roger Rabbit. The more you take, the less there will be. The discs become fewer, the games fall away. The screen starts to shrink and then it will fade. Programs fall through a black hole in space. The computer world becomes bleak and stark. Loses its life and the screen goes to dark. That did happen, by the way. Speaking from 2018, yeah. people copied too many video games. And now there's no internet. And now there's no computers. No, no computers, and they all, all the screens went dark. Welcome to the end of the computer age. <laughs> <laughs> That's an amazing sample, by the way. Yeah. Someone should totally oh, start a song with that. Welcome to the end of the computer age. I should use it as a drop on TBTL. Yeah. We're getting here now. You're the posse of the future, and you hold in your brain things never thought of before. And in time, you'll teach us so much more. That's why I'm here, and what I'm fighting for. Don't copy. Don't this will happen. This will happen right now. We have a lot to cover. We're getting. I just wanted to introduce <laughs> to the to the face of piracy or anti-piracy. The game I just finished working on is called uh, Neverwinter Nights. This name, this guy's name is Craig Dykstra. Yeah, he's a game designer. He's um got a he's got a head of blonde curly hair mullet a, he's style. He's got a curly blonde curly mullet and, uh, and a, a blonde little mustache and the, a, a mustache that just screams. You know, sex offender. And, and of course his last name is Dykstra. I mean, no offense to our <laughs> listeners named Dykstra, but like this guy, he's such a Dykstra. It's an online version of a Dungeons & Dragons game. Different people around the country can sit at their computers and play this game together. So did you just hear that? So he's talking about a game called Never Winter Nights. And he just said, basically, it's an online version of a Dungeons and Dragons game. Wouldn't you say that he's dipping his toes into the copyright infringement pool a little well, I bit? I assume he got... I mean, you can't, that is like... Well, I guess inspired by... He's dis- no, no, Neverwinter... I'm a little embarrassed to oh, know really? this, but Neverwinter is an actual Dungeons & Dragons like property. Oh, it is? I believe so. Oh, I've never heard of it. Um, Or not property, but you know, like a... It's a it's a, a word. It's like a name that's actually part of Dungeons & Dragons, I believe. Sure. Like the way Hearthstone is part of uh, uh, Warcraft, whatever that is. World sure. of Warcraft. P- probably. Yeah. Um And... I assume that he's work. He's doing this. He's li- he has licensed the Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, it would be pretty, like it would be ironic to a crazy degree if he was working with unlicensed material. Well, let's hear what he said. I thought he said that it, it's like a dungeon. The game I just finished working on is called uh, Neverwinter Nights, and it's an online version of a Dungeons and Dragons game. Yeah, okay. Different people around the country can sit at their computers and play this game together. A team of people will contribute different parts. The graphics people will do the pictures. The sound people will do the sound or the uh, sound effects or the music that you hear. This guy, I mean, this is, guy is very low energy. Okay, I'll stop playing, but it's just amazing to hear him talking about like the artwork and the graphics. And they even say, and, and all the sound effects you hear, and you hear this in the background. Anyway, I hope that Craig Dykstra still has a job and that this got through to the youth of America. So probably spent too much time on that. My apologies. How do you... 
find a place to stop a video like that. I don't know. I have to say it is it's so hilarious and certainly with our modern eye it's it's just beyond parody. But I also just think even in the moment no no teenager or preteen could possibly have looked at that, have been shown that in their, you know, social studies class where their teacher didn't have anything better to do and thought and came away thinking, "Oh, you know what? I shouldn't I shouldn't steal things." Like I, I just don't believe that ever worked for any child. Like there's nothing there's nothing authentic about that to a child. I would love to make a, a video or I can picture the scene where it's like two weeks later and, you know, maybe one of these kids is hanging out with a different one of their friends and they go to copy a video game and the kid says, wait, no. And he puts his hand on the other kid's hand to stop him from putting that flop, from copying that floppy. And he says, think about Craig Dykstra. <laughs> think about all the Craig Dykstras of the world. Um, okay, so that was fun. Thanks, Paul. Um, this was an interesting show idea. I think we might have done it before, but there is an entire thread going on on our Facebook page right now. Have you seen this crap? Yes. It's amazing. It's not crap. I don't know why I call it crap. I'm just trying to use colorful words. I'm trying to use the word crap more no um <laughs> it's amazing we have this huge thread corinne had this idea have we ever had a discussion about the lines from commercials that became popular everyday catchphrases this came to mind because i was noticing how often i would hear people say that's not how this works that's not how any of this works would this be a fun topic to discuss i have a few more examples in mind but we'll hold off to see if anyone's interested and i don't want to i like it corinne keeping the powder dry now have we done this before well it's I don't know that we've done a show that's specifically on this topic, but it's always been a. I, it's it's often been kind of a through line. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm sure we've talked about slogans and things that have become so iconic that they are irrevocably associated with their with the products. Mm-hmm. But we I did think, that with songs. Like, yeah, we did it with songs. But I think that Corinne's sort of tweak on it is an interesting one, where you're talking about lines that made their way mm-hmm. into popular culture and. Uh, kind of took root there at yeah. least for some time. I mean, where's the beef being a big That's you know, the first example. one I thought of and there's another one too but it's funny because I wonder if a younger people would have a different take on this because a lot of mine do come from the 70s and 80s mm-hmm. that I can think of but that also gives them that gave them 30 or 40 years to pass the test of time but some people on the thread also posted more recent things I'm like oh yeah that will stick around forever. What did people, so, co- what did people mention? Well I think we should save it for the show. I think we should do this show. As oh, Corinne this says. is literally you just saying we should. This is a show idea. Yeah, but I think that uh, I want a different show that's not this show. But I think uh, I want people to send in their <laughs> okay. their emails about it or to find this thread on Facebook and add to the yeah. conversation because it's a really interesting conversation. So I wanted to like kind of uh, let everybody know about it, and then I think we can turn it into a show using uh, mostly what. And you I'd guys be interested too in one in, in ones that have been injected into memes. Um, like I think, uh, like. Got milk has been sort of memefied a few in a few different mm, ways. That's like true, yeah. if you if you see one if you see commercial lines that have been transmogrified or memefied or whatever uh, in the culture and have sort of uh, evolved in that way, I'd be really interested in seeing those too. And we'll do some digging as well. Yeah, that might even be the next show that we do because there's already um, so many responses to it. And if you guys have anything you want to add to it, maybe we can do that next week. Um, uh, Catherine posted about a great TV show and I, for some reason I don't think I've made it all the way through season one because I got distracted by something shiny but The Detroiters yeah, so good it's about these two guys who one of them inherited his father's advertising industry sort of, or I'm sorry agency kind in of a Detroit. small 
couple, you know, very small shop in Detroit, but, you know, I think a legitimate advertising agency. Yeah, you get the impression that his father was pretty beloved 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 in the community um there's references to him he seemed pretty competent but it sounds like his incompetent son inherited it and he runs it with this other with his equally incompetent best friend friend. i can't think of either of the actors names the one guy is from veep i know that and he is probably the best part of veep um i can't think of uh it's have... Sam Richardson is the uh, is the actor for, and, uh, as the black actor. How do you describe his role in Veep for those who watch Veep? He is like, or if you if you like if you watch a. Veep, you already get it. But if you haven't seen Veep, his character on Veep is this like incredibly earnest, socially inept and somewhat naive guy who nevertheless has some extremely strong talents in areas that would surprise. Yeah, you. he can he, he just... can barely. Uh, he he's he has, he's barely able to uh, hold his own with the with the cynical uh, you know super jaded political people, but then he has like a PhD in you know electoral right. politics or something. Yeah, he has a really good grasp on gerrymandering. Yeah, right. He, he's sort of a wonk, but a secret wonk. Yeah, but he, you wouldn't you meet him, you just think he's an idiot. So he's a very interesting character. On that's on Veep. On Detroiters, he's basically the same character, only without the competence, and he's working in this ad agency. Um, and uh, Catherine said, "I was watching the Detroiters." Catherine's in Detroit, I think she says, or at least she grew up there, because she says, the Devereaux Wiggs ad is a spoof of a classic Detroit local commercial. It showed every holiday season, or it did show every holiday season for years. It's right up there with the doll hospital and toy soldier shop radio jingle in terms of Detroit holiday commercial classics. I got to get to Detroit. It is a weird place. I love it. And I, there's something about- Not weird, bad, just like it is- I know, the media market. It is its own- thing and there's no place like it from what i what i've learned about it sort of you know tangentially and i also do think the golden age of local advertising has passed us a little bit because of all of the you know on demand and cable and everything yeah. is very national now um i obviously there are still local ads obviously there's still wacky local ads um but yeah something about i mean I don't know if either of these actors or if the people who wrote the show, The Detroiters, were actually from Detroit or if they just fell in love with it and realized this is a perfect place to put these two, like, local ad men. But let me play for you the Devereaux... He was born in Detroit, uh, Sam Richardson oh, Okay, was. great. And I... Because I, you get the impression that these guys write their, their own show. Yeah. Um, although I'm just going by gut there. Uh, so here's the Devereaux Wigs ad as it aired on... Um, on the Detroiters, and what you're going to see is a woman riding a horse in a long fur coat. Do you remember this from the TV show? Have you gotten this far? Yeah, I think so. Um, they I, op- I definitely remember Devereaux wigs. They open one of their shows with it, um, and then you you know that it's going to be for wigs, because I'm telling you it's for Devereaux wigs, but she rides up to the camera, and it's this you know, beautiful white woman with long blonde hair, and then she gets to the ca- she rides her horse up to the camera, uh, and then it's like Devereaux wigs, and she just like takes her wig <laughs> off, <laughs> and then she like puts it back on and is kind of like se- sexily readjusting her, her big blonde hair as uh, as she looks kind of lustily into the camera on horseback. She's like shiny bald underneath it. Oh, Devereux. 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 Devere
We guarantee our wigs aren't made from hair off dead bodies. Ooh, Devereaux, from Rhonda Okay, so that's how this episode opens. And then um, just I'm going to let it play out a little bit. I think you know what the joke is going to be here. Uh, then the TV turns off and the two ad men, our two main characters, are you know, in their office with Rhonda Devereaux. She's seeing this for the first time. They look proud of themselves. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Uh, you don't? Uh, why not? Well, let's just cut to the chase. Why bring up the thing about dead body hair? Our wigs aren't made with dead body hair. Yeah, uh, that's the whole point. So why bring it up? Advertising 101, answer the question before they ask Who's it. Who's asking that question? <laughs> the main reason people don't buy wigs is because they're afraid they're made from dead people. <laughs> now, obviously, I would love to just watch the rest of this episode with you guys right now, but I think we have better things to do. But Catherine says that is a spoof of a classic Detroit local commercial. Now, I think this one uh, is for Dietrich Furs. Um, and this is called the Dietrich Furs horse commercial. I think it's going to be very visual, but we're going to see a very similar looking woman riding a horse in that same long fur coat. Oh boy, it really, it's really a, a dead parody of it. This is amazing. It's the same font. It's that like makes me want to move to Detroit. Everything about everything about the production of the Dietrich Furs ad is an echo or is echoed by the Devereaux Wigs ad. It's really awesome. And I'm so thrilled to know this thing about it that I would never know just watching the Detroiters, you know? Another person on Facebook who goes by DDH says, I'm so glad someone else mentioned the Detroiters in here. I listened to all their interviews and a good number of the commercials they mentioned were inspired from local ads you'd see growing up in D-Town. That's so great to know. That's really neat. Detroit, I think, really is a special place when it comes to a media market, especially back then. Yeah. Um, okay, this is the last one I have, Veeves, and then... I. I didn't mean to bogart everything, but um, I don't know. It's the way the cookie crumbles today. I've got all the jingle time. Yeah. So you uh, and me and our friend Taylor did um, a whole show about royalty commercials. Commercials had royalty involved in some way. And uh, one of the campaigns we talked about was an old one from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and today. No, I think we played some really early ones for something called Imperial Margin. And I want to say these came out it in the 60s. It is called Margarine. What I say? <laughs> you always call it Margin. Oh, sorry. I'm talking quickly. It's Margarine. Um, but see how much time I save when I just call it Margin? <laughs> you're like you're like New Girl trying to say Batmobile. Batmanmobile. <laughs> it's just Batmobile. That's why I said Batmanmobile. Batmanmobile. Batmobile. That's what I said, Batman Mobile. You're putting the ma- there's no man, it's just Batman Bat Mobile. Mobile. Batman Mobile. Batmobile. Batman Drop the man. Batman Mobile. Batmobile. Batman Mobile. All right. Um so this is for Imperial Margarine. Uh, the whole campaign had usually a woman biting into something that had the margarine on it and then suddenly a big royal crown would appear on her head and in this one it's a little girl and she's sitting at a picnic table outside already eating and the crown is already on her head and then a little boy comes up 
And he's like, what's with the crown on your head? And this follows. Hi, hi. Where'd you get that funny crown? Well, you just spread some imperial margarine on your bread. It tastes so good, it makes you feel like a queen. And you get a crown. Try some. Boy takes mm, a bite. No it crown. good. But I didn't get a crown. You're fooling me. Try it again. There's the See? crown. See? It takes a little longer for boys. Try Imperial. So we were really confused about that. Like, why does it take a little bit yeah, longer for boys? Yeah, it felt boys? like a joke we were missing somehow. Yeah, and Eileen says, um, I just listened today and I had a comment about the margarine mobile commercials. <laughs> Um, let's see here. You guys were saying that the ad didn't land and something must have changed. You youngs wouldn't remember, but margarine used to be marketed to women as a low-calorie substitute for butter. It was spurious, but then so was nearly all marketing then. That more or less explains the disdain the little girl had for the boy. He might eventually get a crown, but it's really for girls and, quote, queens. I think I remember the campaign changing in the 70s to start being more like... I ate what I thought was butter, but poof, I have a crown. You mean this tasty thing I ate is really margarine? And then it got uh, more gender neutral. This is my old lady memory anyway. Thanks for the podcast. So it was something about it being very specifically marketed yeah. towards women as a low calorie or a, you know, I guess low calorie thing. Right. Yeah. Mar uh, Imperial margarine is still sold. And somebody sent us or posted, I think, to the Facebook page. And I apologize. I don't remember who it was. Uh, a picture of it. And it's vi it's like pretty cheap margarine. So. Um, I don't know. If you're on a budget. If you're on a budget. I thought you were going to finish your thought. I was just giving you room. Nope. If you're on a budget. If you're on a budget. <laughs> That's their new thing. Speechwriter, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Um, I know that... Always the leave them wanting more. That's that's the first rule of speech writing. Not to tear down the fourth wall too much, but um, I know the Mariners game is on at 5.15. <laughs> what, ti what time is it now? Do you know? Oh, it's jingle time. Head I am so excited for Jingle Time today. We got so many gems, and we didn't we we didn't even have time to play all the ones that people sent in. So I'm looking forward to um, future Jingle Times <laughs> and many more. Uh, Do you think we ran out of time because I spent approximately 15 minutes talking about and playing a 10 minute um, PSA about don't copy that floppy? I mean. It's, not, it's it's possible they're not unrelated. <laughs> okay, what's this first one? Well, this is a, a message from Harvey, who's calling to sing uh, what will surely be a recognizable classic jingle to all of us. And I wanted to let Harvey sing it and also talk a little bit about the history of this uh, iconic jingle. Hey, guys, it's uh, Harvey calling again, and I just ran across a jingle. Calling again? Has he been harassing our voicemail line, Beavs? I think Harvey's called a time or two. Harvey? Harvey. <laughs> it's not a toy, Harvey. <laughs> the window is for paying customers <laughs> only. <laughs> hey, guys. It's uh, Harvey calling again, and I just ran across a jingle I hadn't heard in a long time, so I thought I'd sing it to y'all. Well, my baloney has a first name. Mm, yeah. It's O-S-C-A-R. My baloney has a second Soulful. name. It's M-A-Y-E-R. I love to eat it every day, and if you ask me why, I'll say that Oscar Mayer has a way with B-L-O-N-G-N-A. By the way, it's, that's good. It is very good, and it is hilarious to me how um, you know how like Google Voice will like 
translate everything that you oh, yeah. call into text and usually does a pretty good job but it didn't know what to do with most of that one of oh. the things it said is abalone has a second name. <laughs> <laughs> um that first of all i love that he you know it sounds like Harvey knows his register too, and he's gonna yeah. knock that down. A little you gotta bit. find your pitch. I was singing, that was something you learned. Recently. I learned <laughs> the hard way recently. I was. Um, I love to karaoke. Uh, most people who know me know that. I've got some standards that I like to do, um, and I was singing karaoke recently. And what was I singing? Was it? Oh, I think it was. You don't. Was it, you don't, you don't own, own me. me. You don't own me. The yeah. Leslie Gore classic, which is. You know, mostly in my range, but like at the top of it, it's a little high for me. But, you know, I just sort of fake it through that part, mm-hmm. uh, through the key change. And um, boy, I thought I did OK. And then as soon as I was done, the KJ came over, sat down at my table next to me and said, you know, that was fine. Uh, we can actually lower the key into your <laughs> register. I was like, wow. That's some that's that some is, real, real that's, feedback. That is you know, that's real talk. This is the hard part. I don't know if you know this. This is, I'm not joking. When you sing this song, which is one of your uh, regular go-tos, it's a 50-50 chance that one of the dudes in the bar is going to like slap me on the back and be like, man. Really? Is this about you? Yeah. Is that true? Darren, last time, yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, is this about you? Like, you're like you're too controlling. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, like, oh. Not like, wow, you've really got a hot, hot piece oh, there. Oh, sorry. No, uh, no, no, no. No, uh, <laughs> no someday. Do you, want, do you want Darren to say to me, boy, you really got a hot piece there? I mean, I'm not mad if that happens. <laughs> I'll ask him. I'll ask him oh, to do Don't, it. you can't. That's not how that works. That's not how any of this works. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> I've had to play that before. Um, okay, so back to Harvey. Okay. Harvey. So, oh, yeah, go So ahead. thank yeah. you, Harvey. That's a classic jingle. Love it. Uh, we haven't heard it on this show before. So I was looking into the history of it because it really is iconic. Um, It has been used by Oscar Mayer for decades. I mean, almost uh, half a century at this point. And the first time it was played was in 1973. It was when that commercial first came out. And the the first little kid, it's usually kids singing it sometimes, other people. You got a little boy. He's like holding a fishing rod. He's like a little curly haired boy kind of sitting on a dock. And and he sings the song. So why don't you give this a play? My baloney has a first name. It's O S C A R. My baloney has a second name. It's M A Y E R. Oh, I love to eat it every day. And if you ask me why, I'll say, 'Cause Oscar Mayer has a way with B L O G N A. How's that? <laughs> so cute right and yeah. you can see why it immediately took off and you know it's just so charming uh and such a great memorable jingle that you know once you hear it you you know you know it forever the little boy who was in that commercial as a kid was a kid named andy lambros um and the there's a marketing exec for oscar meyer named jerry ringling who gives this really great interview that um I think it's really worth listening to a couple minutes of. So I'm actually actually going to just have you play like a couple minutes of it here. 
Um, and just listen to how that commercial came to be. Hot dogs are easy to advertise because there's a certain amount of uh, uh, interest in magic that goes with them. Uh, the beaches and the picnics and the barbecues and just a lot of inherent interest in hot dogs. But when I would say to you a slice of bologna, it's pretty hard to drum up a lot of interest in a slice of bologna. You just, just didn't have that inherent interest. But it was, it was now, as I say, selling as much as hot dogs and we had to find some way to advertise it. Uh, so we went to the advertising agency, J. Walter Thompson in those days, and said, here's the challenge. Yeah. We want to make a commercial about bologna that's going to be as interesting uh, and uh, uh, do as good a job of selling as the hot dog commercial did. So they came up with a, with a commercial. And the, it was going to be, my bologna has a first name, it's O-S-E-A-R. My bologna has a second name, it's M-A-Y-E-R. I love to eat it every day, and when I do, I always say, Oscar Mayer has a way with B-O-L-O-G-N-A. It was a wonderful commercial because there was no way that you could remember the commercial and not remember the brand name. The idea behind the commercial was that everybody's bologna had a first name. And we, so we were going to take pictures of all kinds of kids doing all kinds of things. Throwing the ball and climbing trees and swimming and doing all kinds of things. The idea, as I say, and then we were going to put all these little snippets together and it would be uh, selling the idea that everybody's baloney had a first name. So anyway, we uh, put a, a card up in a church and said, if you think your kid would be good at this and he's between the ages of this and that, uh, bring him in and uh, we'll... Uh, We'll see whether or not uh, they might work out. So anyway, we now uh, we're going to bring all these kids in, and we gave them uh, a copy of the commercial. My baloney has first, and we said, uh, now you only have to learn this little segment of it, not the whole thing, just this segment of it. It's O S C A R. The idea being that we're going to put all of these things together. Uh, so anyway, we said, okay, the next Saturday we're going to get everybody together, and we did, and here came all the kids and, of course, their parents uh, to help <laughs> us uh, make, get, make the commercial. And they shot all day long, shooting little segments of kids doing these things and singing their portion of the song. And finally, the day was over, and we were getting ready to pack up and get out of there. The director came over and said, you know what? He says, we've got about 20 minutes of light left. He says, what do you think? What would you like to have us do? We said, you do whatever you want to do. We're packing up to get out of here. We're through. Uh, so we said, okay. Well, it turned out that with their 20 minutes of light left, he went to the kids and said, is there anybody that can sing the whole commercial from beginning to end without making a mistake? Hmm. And this one little kid raised his hand. Yes, I can. His name was Andy Lambros, I remember. Hmm. So the director uh, put him out on a pier because he could take advantage of the light that was still left and, and said, okay, go ahead. And he did. He sang the song. And when he got done, he said, there, how's that? Meaning, did I get through it all right without making a mistake? Well, of course he did. Well, the next day we're looking at, the, at all of these snippets of, of commercials we had taken, uh, looking and looking and looking. And it's a long time. And there, all of a sudden, at the end of all of these little commercials, all these little segments, was this kid singing the whole song, little curly-haired kid. And I looked at it one time, and I said, that's the commercial. And everybody said, oh, no, no, we can't do that. We told everybody it was going to have all these little snippets. He said, I said, never mind. I said, that's the commercial. And uh, so we went back to uh, the uh, top management people at Oscar Mayer and said, we changed our mind and we want to use this commercial instead. And uh, we did. And it turned out that it was a fabulously successful commercial. That's great. Isn't that amazing? That's, that's really such a great story. And he's a good storyteller. He really is. Yeah, it makes me... 
I mean, obviously, there's Mad Men, one of the most famous shows on TV about this era, but it really makes you want to... Like, what was this guy's background? Like, back in the day... Now, this guy so, worked for Oscar Mayer. He worked for Oscar but Mayer. But Jay he Walter was Thompson the, is the agency that did this, and they're pretty well-known, or, or were, at least. Gotcha. And, and he was a VP of marketing, and I just wondered, the world was so different there. Like, what 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 paths did he take in life when he ended up in this position? I mean, chances are... Well, first, he stole someone's identity in the, <laughs> in the military, <laughs> and he dropped out, became that guy. Anyway, very interesting. And you do sort of think, like, yeah, you were kind of, like, at the forefront of television like really figuring out figuring out the most effective ways yeah. to use television a relatively new medium to sell things um anyway that's that's really fascinating i want to watch the whole thing by the way youtube is also suggesting i watch this oscar meyer commercial from 1984 this one is my hot dog has a first name and i can't remember how they make the end work without the bol yeah so let me i just want to take a listen to this also is hot dog content my hot dog has a first name. It's O S C A R. My hot dog has a second name. It's M A Y E R. That's Oscar Gawker, and you say it's the only one for me. Before that, before uh. Oscar Meyer. Oh, they just oh, let it wow. peer out there at the end. I mean, of course, the famous hot dog commercial is, I wish I were an Oscar Meyer wiener. Oh, right. Yeah. And that's actually what the beginning of that interview with Jerry Ringling is about. Oh, yeah. Uh, is like how successful the I wish I was an Oscar Meyer wiener commercial had and been. And that came before. But, oh, right. Oh, interesting. Right. God, this is really fascinating. Boy, wow, you're not the only one who can tell a good hot dog story. There. What do you mean? <laughs> I mean, oh, this oh, you is mean a this good guy. hot dog oh, story. No, the whole thing is I don't tell good hot dog <laughs> stories. That's the joke. That's why they're called hot dog stories. But um, I, uh, yeah, that's, it didn't occur to me. Those are two, just like two of the world's most famous yeah. jingles came from the same came from the same company marketing basically the same type of meat just in two different forms yes it's indeed. all like emulsified like trimmings um wow really fascinating okay what else we got so, yeah i just want to say thank you harvey for um kicking that off because it was i really really enjoyed learning about it and and if and i i had to cut content out of this show because the oscar meyer baloney song is has been covered by all manner of artists oh. and i was just going to do like a a mashup of all the people who covered that song but in the end this guy's interview was way more interesting uh okay we have another voicemail here can i hit go on this yeah this is from listener max and um boy this is a familiar one for me hi genevieve and andrew this is max in brooklyn with a little jingle for you this is a real earworm that's been in my head since my youth it goes a little something like this 800 588 empire today Thanks, guys. Love the show. Yeah, that's like I didn't. Now I think I only know this from living out here in the northwest. No, right? I, I have. I feel really? like maybe it's been incepted in me or something, or it's some sort of you know the Mandela effect or whatever. But I feel like I've never not known this song. Really? So they're a national change of car- chain of carpet cleaners. I am pretty. Or I think they're like they they are they car, car, are they floor cleaners or floor providers? Oh, I guess cleaners. oh no no they're not clean. Are they cleaners? Boy. Because they always show you're them right, like, you're right. yeah, yeah. flipping. Like, there's always like a little cartoon of a guy like throwing down hardwood flooring and carpet in the house. Okay, yeah. Um, boy, the jingle. I know the jingle, but I thought they were carpet cleaners this whole time. In 1915, I'm going to tell you a little so story. It's sort of a mixed here. bag in terms of effectiveness. Yeah, this is from their website. In 1959, Empire Today started out as a small family run business in Chicago, Illinois. Since then, uh, that's. 
Oh, yeah, right. Right in New York there. Since then, Empire has expanded to offer their friendly and extensive services in over 70 locations across the country, including Chicago, New York, L.A., et cetera. Okay, so, um, you know, I thought it was a West Coast thing because I'm not seeing Cleveland on this list. And that's where, <laughs> for real, I mean, that's where I grew up. So it probably wasn't until I got to Seattle. Seattle's on the list. Um, Boston is not on the list. That's the I know I've seen market. it on the East Coast, though. Yeah, I'm sure I mean, you it's did. In, it's Maybe in it Philly. In your... It's in D.C. Yeah. It's in New York. Anyway. Okay. So I uh, want to hear the original. Yeah. Or at least the one that's airing. Ne- probably this is somewhat recent, right? I mean, I this is how it sounded for at least a decade. 800-588-2300-EMPIRE. Today. <laughs> I never bro. realized that Empire Today was the name Me of the neither. company. I, I just thought, thought it was Empire. Empire, and they were just they the the Today was more of an instruction. Yeah, telling us what to do because it's when. in a different voice. Yeah, um, but I love the old Empire schoolness today? of the like. It sounds like Mr. Sandman. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, all right, we got one here from Mike. Is that correct? Yeah, this is from Mike. This is one I haven't seen, but this is a Progressive Insurance commercial. Uh, so I'll let Mike tell you about it. Hi, Andrew and Genevieve. This is Mike from Philadelphia, home of New York's best baseball team. <laughs> and I would like to sing a newer jingle from our friends at Progressive from an ad called Big Jim, which uh, I really like. I think it's this pretty good. It's a new jingle. one, he says. So here goes. But a bump, bump, bump. He's got legs of lumber and arms of steel. Eats a bowl of hamburgers every meal. He can hold your house in the palm of his hand. He's your home and auto man. Big Jim, he's got you covered. Great Big Jim, there is no other. Okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't heard that. No, this is a totally new one on me, but I love this. And I, uh, so, you know, Progressive, obviously. Home home of Flo, home of Jamie, her Flo's, I guess, Mm -hmm. acolyte. Mm -hmm. Home of the little box. Home Uh, of the box. Um, This is, this is a commercial in which you hear the song that, um, that he just sang and it's a commercial it's a cartoon of like a guy like sort of like a Paul Bunyan type like a giant man like walking through like putting roofs on houses and like planting trees or whatever um and then the cartoon shifts and becomes uh you know live action and it he shrinks down and becomes Jamie the, oh, the okay. character of so Jamie. So it's very meta. It's like part of the it's part of the Flo and Jamie universe. Yes, it's part of the Flo and Jamie universe but it's just Jamie. And I want you to play this and then I want to ask you a qu- then I want to Posit something. Okay. So this is covered, right? Yes, ma'am. Take care of it for you right now. Giddy up! Hi, this is Jamie. We need some help. <laughs> so at the end, when he when it becomes real life again, and Jamie is standing next to um, a woman's car in her driveway, and a big tree branch is, uh, has crushed her car. That's what they're referring to there. What's your question for me? Well, this had the feeling to me of something that was like that was referencing, and I don't know if I'm right about this. Mm. Clearly, it's kind of a Paul Bunyan, Jolly Green Giant, Jolly Green Giant sure. vibe. But there was also a series of toys in the 70s that we have actually talked about before, which are hilarious and fascinating, um, called, it was Big Jim and his camper, his sport camper. Is this the one that and Frizzell sent I it to us? I think it's probably Frizzell sent it to us. Uh, it, 
it, it's a very strange set of ads. It's very like men celebrating each other's strength. Yeah. Jim and he his like buddy, Big, Big Jim yeah. and Big Josh go out in the woods and For they like, they wrestle, but yeah. then they have a secret camping trip. Right. Um, and it feels, and he's called Big Jim. And so there's a part of me that wonders, is this like, is this a reference to that? I mean, it's very kind of specific, Big Jim. Yeah. So play this uh, this ad for this toy from the 70s, and it is just awesome. Here's Big Jim, a safari outfit, his camping tent, and friend Big Josh. Big Jim's on safari when suddenly he sees Big Josh coming at him through the trees. And Big Jim says, let's see if he's stronger than me. Big Josh cracks this tree stump with his axe. Big Jim splits this board with karate wax. <laughs> and they realize when the contest ends, the two strong guys are going to be strong friends. <laughs> Big Jim, Big Josh, Camping Tent, and Safari Outfit all sold separately oh from Mattel. God, I love everything about it. I that. love everything about it. And, I mean, it's it's homoerotic to a very astonishing They're going to be strong friends. What are you talking be, about? These two strong guys are going to be strong friends. I don't see any sexuality in that i mean it's just delightful um so anyway part I of me i don't know i you don't, think it, you think i'm reaching with that i so hard I mean, they're both called big jim yeah may, maybe i don't know i, I i'm not saying you're I'll wrong tell you what, i'm if saying there's a, i'm not if convinced progressive follows up with a big jim and big josh yes then i'm totally then right. i think you're right yeah i'm gonna play another voicemail here this one comes from terry right yeah oh and before we play terry's uh voicemail i wanted to give a shout out to her daughter alexis uh, who who has put her onto the show? Who who introduced her to this show? Uh, thank you, Alexis. Um, all you listeners out there, that's how it's done. <laughs> wow, that took a turn. This is Terry from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I've been listening to the show from the beginning, and I enjoy it. And I've taken up the jingle challenge, so uh, I'm probably showing my age. And I currently have a cold, so this is probably the best time to do it because it's going to sound awful either way. <laughs> now you got the excuse. This is a good and plenty commercial, probably from my childhood. Childhood, excuse me. And um, I just always liked the tune, so here we go. Once upon a time there was an engineer. Choo-choo Charlie was his name we hear. He had an engine and he sure had fun. He used good and plenty candy to make his train run. Charlie says, love my good and plenty. Charlie says, really rings my bell. Charlie says, love my good and plenty. Don't know any other candy I love so well. And I always, for some reason, assumed the position of being a train and used to pump my arm with a box of good and plenty, of course, and, and just really enjoyed it. So great show. Love it. Listen to it all the time. So thanks, guys. I love yeah. picturing little girl Terry holding a box of good and plenties and like choo choo. So she's choo, she said she would lock her arms. She would like, like kind of make like the, do the, the train the, motion. Yeah, yeah. It's so cute. What's your association with good and plenties? What are your Ugh, gross movie candy? Yeah, because they're the ones that have like a it's a, a licorice a, a licorice flavor inside, but they're in those little candy shell. As yeah, we just heard in the jingle. Hard, um, hard pass on that for me. I actually went through a phase where I liked them a lot as a kid. I think the first memory I have of them though is. The boys in school would get good and plenties and then chew chew them up in their mouth and then you would spit black. Ugh. Yeah. So is that part of their campaign? I don't know. Uh, I that's a great jingle though, and I'm so impressed that she remembered it. Uh, she, he, why don't you play the original? Because you'll see how good she did. So this is from the 1950s, according to YouTube. Once upon a time there was an engineer Choo Choo Charlie was his name we hear He had an engine and he sure had fun He's good and plenty candy to make his train run Charlie, 
That's a good jingle. What a good jingle. It's a good commercial too. Such a great jingle. And I see the kid in the commercial is doing that same motion. Yeah, that, that really got really yeah. embedded in the kids' brains. I bet that's awesome. Really makes sense that um, so many of the jingles that we remember as adults are the ones from our childhood. Oh, our brains yeah. are just so elastic. They're right? elastic, and I mean, you know, I think we watched probably less TV or TV maybe that was like very specifically geared towards kids. Like you know, kid, kid TV is more is more maybe sort of constrained than the rest of tv um and i think too for like for old for particularly for people who are older like there may just not have been the plethora of marketing that there is now so what was there kind of stuck stood out more maybe but I, i'll bet you if we were to fast forward in the future 20 years from now and if we're still doing this show um <laughs> god god help us god um help us. The pe- I love the, I love the idea that podcasts are still a thing in twenty years. Yeah. Um, but you know, if kids who are growing up now, they'll still probably remember jingles. I think it's more about the kid yeah, brain. Yeah, and I definitely I do I do know what you mean. Like with things imprint on us at that age in yeah. a totally different way. So this last one is from Nikki. Yes, and I want to thank you, Nikki, for calling back because I know uh, you had called in and sang this uh, jingle before, and I asked you to call back because the connection was really bad or the mic was bad. So thank you for doing that, and thank you for walking us through what is um, a real evolution for a little product called Discovery Zone. Okay. Um, now, is this the Nikki that I know? This is the Nikki that you know. This is my this friend is Nikki. a Nikki that you know. <laughs> These are the Nikki's <laughs> that I know. Hello, you guys. This is Nikki, and I'm calling you from my apartment. And I want to sing you a couple, well, a few uh, Discovery Zone commercial songs because the jingles changed over time from very innocent and nice and positive to little little turds demanding fun. So the first one that you probably remember was really great, and it's the one that's like, I'm going DZ at Discovery Zone. Discover what I can do on my own. I can jump, swing, crawl, a mountain climb. DZ is one of a kind. I can slide through a maze and have a ball. I can bounce on the moon, obstacles and all. I'm going DZ at Discovery Zone. DZ, where kids want to be. And that's that's a really good one. Um, but then the the one that I remember the most was from 1991 or something. And that's when these kids start being bad. And this one doesn't they start have a lot being of singing, bad? But yeah, they start being it. bad. Okay. So clearly in my head, and it would start with the kids running around in the grocery store, and it's like run and slide here, and then an adult goes, "I don't think so," and they <laughs> climb and slide here, and another adult goes, "I don't think so." Then where I'm going to see discovery zone where I can cut loose and be on my own, and they sing about get cutting loose and being bad, and then. Apparently, there's a really bad one from 1997. Okay, I know that uh, we're going to break this down a little bit more later when we listen to the the real versions. But so, is she saying that does for a while the Discovery Zone decided that a good tactic would be to bring your bad kids here and let them be bad? Yeah, it sounds like that's what she's saying. And we'll we'll look at the real commercial. But for those who aren't familiar, I wasn't. It's I, it wasn't something that I grew up with. But you can get the idea. Discovery Zone is like kind of an indoor, just like play place for kids where you know they have like a ball pit and jungle gyms and some arcade games and sort of just like a an entertain they refer to as an entertainment facility like Dave and Buster's without the food I think so but more like for physical kids. activity okay. so they can like run and climb and sure. jump and all that okay. stuff and so it's definitely like 
aimed at the idea that like kids in in out in the world can't do those things with impunity but this is you know discovery zone sure. is a is a free free space but it, but it, the thing about this is whatever i'm not a parent we should just get back to nikki's voicemail but I guess the approach here is to target both kids so they can bug their parents right. about taking them there. But then also, you have to have commercials that are aimed at the parents, too, so that the parents don't dread going there. And that whole description sounds like a place. If I was a parent, I'd be like, no, I'm not taking you to a oh, place yeah. where kids are just, like, running off the leash. Sorry, parents. But, like, just, like, <laughs> just like running around being crazy. And, like, and now you... I mean, I guess the one thing is, okay, I'll go sit in the corner. You guys go run and be free. Um but the other thing is you're now inheriting a bunch of other strangers' kids right. who are running around and screaming in your face. I mean, maybe the maybe the pitch is that like they have staff there who will sure. assume your parenting duties. Sure. Um, but they definitely portray these kids in this ad that Nikki's talking about, this 90s version, as like mm-hmm. pretty bratty. The but, kids are. But also yeah. kids can be very bratty. I mean, maybe that's yeah. very recognizable to a parent. Yeah. All right. I think Nikki's got some more to say. Then apparently there's a really bad one from 1997 uh, where they're featuring The Mask. And that one has some Devin Sawa lookalike and some other preteens that are hanging out by a chain link fence. And there's not even really a song. They're just saying things like, kids deserve the right to fun. And kids deserve to go wild. We- Pre-incels. <laughs> I need to listen to you. And then There needs to be a goes- redistribution of fun. <laughs> and kids deserve to go wild. We don't need to listen to you. And then it just goes very quick. I'm going DV at Discovery Zone. So... I'm going to easy at Discovery Zone. That's that's the evolution. Okay, bye bye. <laughs> all right, so you tracked all of these down. So I tracked all of these down. So let's play the first one, which I think is obviously Nikki's favorite, which is the just the straight up jingle. Okay. I'm Yeah, these kids look just wholesome, happy. I can smell this place. Oh, yeah. It's musty. I think musty would be a best case scenario. Okay, so that's the classic one. Um, Now we're uh, moving ahead to the 90s. Yes, this is the 90s. So there's a kid... uh, Doing uh, what I was never allowed to do. He's riding, riding on the around cart. on the grocery cart, like on the hanging from the outside oh and getting my. yelled at by adults. And this is it seems to be filmed in that great like '90s style of kind of fisheye camera, yeah. so everything seems a little bit more intense and like coming right at you. Running swing here. I don't think so. Oh. Climb and slide here. I don't think so. Then where? So in other words, if I can't ride in a grocery cart in the grocery store, if I can't slide down... Yeah, if I down, can't act like a total maniac in pub, in polite life. Yeah, the other one is, I guess he's in, uh, these, this kid is in like maybe a museum or something and he's sliding down a And when pole, you're hearing the, like, I don't think so, it's a child's voice, but it's like authority figures Saying, I don't it. think so, yeah. as he's sliding down like a Romanesque column in a museum. Yeah, I don't like this kid's voice. It's all here. Jump and tumble here? I don't think so. I'm going DC. 
Yeah, clearly they've made a shift in their pitch, right? Or in their strategy here where it's like, Let's life the- is so intolerable for children. And also, I, you know, seeing it now, I get it a little bit more. I think it's like, listen, kids are going to be like this one way or the right. other. Take them to a place where you can tire them out for the day. As, right, like, when we, like those dogs we saw today swimming in the, right. in the lake. <laughs> I'm so, we're so old. We now we went to this little park, <laughs> stumbled upon it, sat there for probably an hour, oh, close to an hour, yeah. watching two other couples let their dogs like chase a stick in the lake, and it was tons of fun. And then <laughs> I said at one point, "Boy, those dogs are going to be tuckered out tonight." <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah, but I really don't like that sound of that voice of the yes. kid talking like, "Yeah, this is for me." Like that just. But if you think like that's entitled, kid. wait okay. till we get to the mask era one, which is this is like sort of cross promoting the Jim Carrey movie The Mask and this is the one where they're like sitting outside smoking cigarettes by a chain link fence and shooting up <laughs> not quite kids have the right to fun freedom and the pursuit of happiness Ugh. discovery zone we have a right to express ourselves freely we have a right to live life to the fullest yeah. we have a right to mass mania <laughs> rough edit there only at DZ Twister and more. Mass Mania only at DZ. Exercise your right. Oh, these kids are so obnoxious. You're yelling at the camera. Yeah. We have a right to fun. You know what that's a good commercial for? Birth control. Yeah. All right. Is that, is that what we got? That's what we got. That was fun. <laughs> you can sell anything. You can sell anything. It really was fun. Thanks yes. for all the messages, guys. Thank you for the messages. Thank you for the jingles. Um, I'm so stoked that we have even more to come. So uh, stay tuned and and keep writing into our Gmail at after these messages show at Gmail. And also check out our Facebook group. Like I mentioned, there's great conversations going on there. Don't forget. I think maybe next week we'll want to do um, commercial sayings that have become like common in our vernacular probably a better way to put that but whatever um and if you don't feel like typing things out like i don't often you can just call us 607-444-5597 just call us let it all out whatever you're feeling let us know it (laughs) yeah we'll play it on the air maybe you want to sing a jingle too all right um that's it when you hear this i will be on the road hitchhiking trying to get by tuesday i will be trying to get from waterloo iowa down to Columbus, Mississippi, mm-hmm. with some stops on the way right. that I can't remember right now. But I did buy one energy bar at the store today, so I'll so be you're, good. You're all set. I'm, I'm ready for the road. And then uh, we'll be back, and we'll talk to you guys again next Tuesday. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Veeves. Thanks, Andrew. Bye. poppy. Red octagons couldn't stop me. I burn headband. My eyes all droopy. I've gooey foodie, zoobies in my poopy. They all like, well, Heems, you too proud. I'm like, you would be too if you had the juice now.